All righty. So, picking back up where we left off, we had a little bit of technical difficulty there, but we're back. Um, so, I, I was saying that um, that the offensive line really struggled. Um, they, oh, they couldn't uh, – there were two players that, that just really couldn't block anybody um, that, that they put in front of them. So, and I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I get it. It was a tough defensive line. You had a couple players that were playing in place of injured players and people that were kind of thrown into the mix. But – um, when you look at how high we drafted Mayfield uh, comparative to how many actual pos- actual position guards were left in the draft at that time, um, it just it's a little concerning. But uh, we'll see over the next coming weeks. So uh, talk, actually speaking of Jalen Mayfield though, and the coming weeks, one thing I did want to talk about was do you think because like I talked about earlier, center Drew Dahlman was one of the top-rated offensive linemen at 69.4. Um, I think he was the highest-rated. Yeah, he was the highest-rated offensive lineman. Um, now, again, he only had the, the nine snaps. Seven of them were replacing Mayfield, though. So the majority of the time, he spent in the same position as Mayfield and played a lot better. So would you want to move? Dalman there, he's still a rookie, and you're still moving a center to a left guard because that's what Mayfield originally is a center. So, I mean, do you think they should do that, or or are we just stuck kind of being screwed over here with Mayfield? Um, I think going into week two against Tampa Bay, doesn't matter who the hell we put that <laughs> we put there. Um, we're the Falcons are fucked. Um, no, but in all seriousness, like watching that game, that Eagles defensive front is is ridiculous. Like oh, Fletcher yeah. Cox is probably one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. And no matter what side of the ball you put him or what side of the line you put him on, he was going against a rookie or, you know, a, a young line and Fletcher Cox on one end. And um, the dude, I, another deep, great defensive lineman whose name is like saving me right now on the other end, like there, there oh. was nothing that Falcons team could have done. And, Matt didn't have that safety net that he normally – that he he had when he had Julio when he would just say, well, fuck it, Julio's down there somewhere. I'm just going to send it. Yeah, well, I I mean, it just – it was – it was not um, – it was not a cohesive game, man. We no. really played, like, just, just really, really bad uh, football all around. I mean, the defense – there were and and even on the offense, there were a couple of players that um, that uh, oh, and the the player you're thinking of is Javon Hargrave, but the yes. um, the 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 defense um, played, you know, or I'm sorry, there were a few players that played, you know, well, but outside of that, it was pretty bad. Um, it was just a bad game all around. Yeah, but let's get back to a high note for a second. Top five defensive players. Um, we're just going to kind of breathe through these guys. Um, oh, also I wanted to point out like the biggest thing about the offensive rankings was in the top five, where's Matt Ryan, where's Kyle Pitts, where's Calvin Ridley, where's, um, I guess you could say even Russell Gage. I mean, those guys are supposed to be part of the top five, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, that, that's, that's a whole, whole other problem. And now again, Matt Ryan, I mean, you know, tough when you've got someone like Jalen Mayfield blocking for you. Um, I just – before we move on, can I just say one thing? Yeah. Um, 
I'm tired of Devontae Smith hurting Georgia teams. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, he he's – man, that Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, bro. What do you mean? Well, you know that Devontae Smith's touchdown was caught in the same position the national championship ball was caught at. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I really hate sports. <laughs> it, it all comes full circle. <laughs> it really does. Um. So – Let's get into the top five defensive players. Like I said, we're just going to kind of breeze through these guys. You know, they had a decent game, but there was nothing real spectacular about anybody. Um, Cornerback TJ Green uh, had an 84.6, played pretty well. Uh, AJ Terrell, I I want to honorable mention here. I'm I'm not there yet, but I do want to honorable mention AJ Terrell. The man allowed 11 yards, 11 yards in 39 coverage plays. Um, yeah. so I don't know how he's not in the top five, but he wasn't. So that was my honorable mention. I just want yeah, to. Yeah, he definitely him. should have been after watching that defense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, but apparently TJ Green uh, played pretty well. I couldn't get really much information about it, but he played pretty well. Defensive end Jonathan Bullard, 72, uh, which is good to see. Left outside linebacker Michael Walker, 66.3. Safety Jalen Hawkins, 64.9, which is another. Another good one to see. Uh, and cornerback Fabian Moreau, 61.5 to round out the top five. So, Wait, you say 69.9? No, no, no. 60, uh, 64.9 and 65.5. Yeah. <laughs> 66.3 and then 72 and 84.6. But um, so now the bottom five is the one I really wanted to focus on because there's, there's some guys here that really don't need to be there. Uh, bottom five defensive to start off the bottom five. Now, this is from the fifth to the worst or the fifth worst to the worst. MLB middle linebacker, Deion Jones, 49.7. Um, his, his was His was all – because his pass coverage was terrible. He couldn't cover was, a soul. He was all over the field, though. Oh, I mean, yeah, he made, he made some tackles. And um, I believe – did he have – well, and see, the other part of it is, too, if you watch them blitzing, they just were not getting to Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah. they, nobody was getting to him. And, I mean, I get it. You know, he's mobile. But Deion Jones, man, he's supposed to be quick. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, how, I mean, obviously you feel like he should have been ranked higher. I, I do. Watching that defense, he was – I mean, that's, that's a fair assessment. The defense did not play well. So, I mean, it, it is kind of – it is kind of weird that, that – uh, that Dion was ranked lower when he played. But again, like I think it goes back to the pass coverage, especially because I think I don't know if they factor in like, you know, hey, this is, you know, he's supposed to be good at pass coverage. Cause I mean he is. So I don't know if that's factored in as well. But you know, it again again, I think it I think it has to do with his rushing ability. Cause I think when you look at his size and stuff, I mean that that's perfect, he's you know, small. edge rusher type material. Yeah. So um, so we're going to kind of skim through the next three. And then the last one I want to talk about as well, defensive tackle, Ty, uh, Tyler, I guess you say his name, Tyler Davison, 49.2 outside linebacker, Jacob to a T Mariner, 47.3. That's he, he's supposed to be better. Um, free safety. This is not good either. We got two players below 30 free safety, Richard Grant or Richie Grant, 29.4. 
And defensive tackle John Kaminsky, this is one I want to talk about. 24.8. First off, man, 20, he scored less than 25. Come on, bro. Um, hey, um, but he didn't score a one, so. <laughs> no, well, that, that was just in one of his ratings. Um, <laughs> he actually, his overall rating is actually less than Jalen Mayfield's. Jalen's was 28.8. So, yeah, so, I mean, he actually played worse than Jalen Mayfield I, somehow, somehow. <laughs> but nevertheless um he he's a second year guy um so you know it could be a sophomore slump whatever but i mean we were expecting big things from him and uh just didn't get it so um and again like i said my honorable mention because I, I i'm coming to it again on my on my timeline aj terrell man allowed 11 yards and 39 coverage plays great game aj glad to see that coming out of a guy that a lot of people doubted when we drafted him i i, I doubted yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I had reserves about him. I was, I thought it was a good pick, but I was like, uh, maybe not as high, but um, well, because he was coming off that national championship game where he was just getting burned by LSU every play. Oh, and then we, and then we take him in the first round. So of course I had my skit, like me and everybody else had our, you know, skeptics about him. Like, but I mean, he, he, he balled out this last game. Yeah, no, he like I said, he was um, he was great. Um, he uh, he played well, and uh, somehow again, like I said, he didn't um, he did not make it uh, he did not make it uh, into the top five of the defensive categories, so or into the top five of the PFF rankings. But anyway, so uh, it, it was it was just not a good game overall. But now we look forward, like we were just talking about a little bit, um, to week three. Now, I want to start off with actually right directly after the game. Arthur Smith says in post-game conference that he, quote, didn't have his team ready, end quote. So that's a little nerve-wracking um, heading into a week where we're about to face Tom Brady and one of the best receiving cords in football and probably one of the best defenses in football. Um, you know, I understand he's a first-year head coach and stuff that's going to happen. Problems are going to happen. We'll be lucky to come out of this season with a playoff berth in, or of any type. Over um, 500. Yeah, we'll be lucky to – yeah, this rate we'll be lucky to come out 500. Um, but when you come into week one, just to me as a head coach, like you should have that whole system change. Like everybody may not be on board, but – there should, I mean, hopefully everybody's on board. Damn. I mean, I hope everybody's on board and that's what you should have. I mean, you really should, you should have everybody on board. You should have this, this feeling and this, um, I, I don't know what to call it, but this, this idea that the whole team has bought into and, and you can see the change and we just didn't see it. We saw the same old Falcons with a, with a different name under, under the HC title. Yeah. So that's a little nerve-wracking, but we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4.05 p.m. at Raymond James Stadium. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be loud. <laughs> it's going to be rowdy. Those, man, that, those, those fans love nothing more than probably beating us, I would assume, because I, I don't think, as far as the Bucs go, they have a bigger rival than us. Yeah. I mean, we. I mean, I because Jacksonville is not. Uh, they don't even. They don't even. I don't even know if they count that as a rivalry. They don't play Jacksonville. Jacksonville's in the AFC. Yeah, but I mean, they could, and like, they don't yeah. even count that as a rivalry. 
And no, so it's weird. Tampa, yeah, like we're definitely Tampa's biggest rival. At least to me, yeah, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so let's start off talking about the first and biggest thing. Tom Brady coming in as the oldest QB to win an NFL game. 98 QB rating last Thursday. And that was with two interceptions that really, I believe both of them should have been caught. I know one of them should have been. Um, Leonard Fournette just straight. Yeah, the Fournette out. one, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if there was another one. Um, yeah, but either way, 98 QB rating for his first night. He's going to absolutely torch our defense. He is. Yeah, it's not even going to be a close game. It's not even going to be fun to watch. It's going to be bad. I have a feeling it's going to be bad. However, if A.J. Terrell can find some help, another player – because, I mean, the bottom line is to play and win against the Bucs, you need a good secondary. I mean, we saw the Rams get torched by Tom Brady. So, it, it, it's tough to play this team, and we just have to accept that fact. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not winning. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Outside of Tom Brady, of course, you have a running back by committee, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones III. Um, they, we do have some leeway there. Um, neither of those backs can really seem to figure out who wants to be the lead back. Bruce Arians seems to have a problem with Ronald Jones fumbling. Uh, and Fournette can't catch a cold, freezing, soaking wet in the rain. So, it, we have some leeway in the run game. Um, but that's about it, and it's not even a lot of leeway. Um, it's it's going to be tough on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, defensive, offensive, special teams. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is returning all twenty-two starters from the Super Bowl team last year. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, like you said, the offense is going to struggle. You're going to have a tough defensive front led by defensive tackle Vita Vey and the Dominican Sue. Um, and then on the ends, man, it just gets worse. Jason Pierre, Paul, Shaquille Barrett on the outside linebacker, Devin white, and Levante David inside. It's a monster defense. And the only thing they're lacking in is in the secondary um, especially now they lost uh, Sean Murphy Bunning last week uh, to a relative. I, I didn't actually see the injury, but I did see that he was laying on the ground and stuff. Yeah. I know it was a pretty bad injury. Um, they do get Pierre Desir back, but nevertheless, they gave up 403 yards and three touchdowns to old Dacky and the, and the Cowboys. So there is who have a way, who have a way better offensive line. than <laughs> Yeah. Well, I and their receiving core, I would say, is, is a little bit better. Well, I'd say quite a bit better because um, their, their second receiver is CeeDee Lamb. Our yeah. second receiver is Russell yeah, Gage. It's <laughs> going um, to be a bloodbath. Yeah, but they don't have a tight end like Kyle Pitts, though. So there's that. Apparently, we, we don't either because we didn't fucking use them. <laughs> we don't know how to use them, yeah. Um, so that's about it for looking at the Tampa Bay game. I have some keys to the game. Um, obviously, the defense has to show up. Uh, Jarrett, Kaminsky, Jones, they have to get in the backfield and bring Tom down. That is a major key. You have to bring Tom down. Thanks for telling me about the key of the game segments. Oh, no, I know. I, this, I, I, I honestly, I was, I was thinking about this, like, tonight when I was, like, preparing. <laughs> 
um, for the podcast. So yeah, we we will be doing like keys to the game. Looking forward. Oh, that's only on Thursdays though, because because that's when we're going to be looking to the next set of games coming on for the weekend. So we'll be looking at Georgia's game coming up. That's actually what we're going to talk about next. Um, we'll be looking at the Braves. Couple games coming up now. We won't really talk too much about them. We won't talk too much about Atlanta United. Um, main focus is football right now because that's just where we're at in the in the season of sports. Um, so yeah, again, you got to get in the backfield and bring Tom down to beat the Buccaneers to even have a chance with that offense. And AJ yeah. Terrell is going to have to lock down whoever he's on. Probably Godwin. Yeah, I think he's going to spend some time on Godwin and Antonio Brown because, I mean, we saw what Antonio Brown did did yesterday. Yeah, I forgot about AB. I mean, yeah, we saw what Antonio Brown did Thursday. I didn't forget about him. That man's on two of my fantasy teams. <laughs> uh, so, Antonio got a lot done last game. So, yeah, I believe Terrell will be making his rounds around that secondary because um, yeah. you still got Mike Evans to be worried about too. So. Um, and then my other key to my next key to the game exposed their secondary. Uh, they gave up big yards to the Cowboys. We have to find a way to expose it, hit them underneath with, with Russell and, and Kyle Pitts, hit them downfield with Calvin Ridley. Um, and, and they got to utilize, we've talked about this. They got to utilize Pitts and Ridley. Got to get, got to get them involved. Got to get Russell Gage involved. Um, and then of course the offensive line's got to show up. Um, yeah, so um, speaking of Antonio Brown, all right, so no, yeah, Calvin, so Calvin Ridley was our leading receiver, right? Yep. He uh, had, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at the he oh, had yeah. five, he had five receptions for 51 yards. Uh-huh. Right, no touchdowns. Antonio Brown also had five receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing you have to keep in mind is is, is Calvin Ridley is the sole number one receiver. I mean, he is it. Russell Gage yeah. is, is a solid number two. He's not even a good number two. When he's on. When he's on, he's good. But, I mean, yeah. and he's only – he's really good deep. We haven't really seen him utilize too much down low. Um, we've really seen him utilize deep. So – and that's really what Calvin Ridley can do too. So, I mean, we really have two deep threats as our number one and two. Um, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. With Tampa Bay, you've got, you've got basically – I would say three number ones. I mean, Chris Godwin could go be a number one on another oh, yeah. team. AB, I think, still has the skill to be a low-end number one, but still yeah. a number one. And Mike Evans, I mean, hell, he was a number one before Godwin and and, and Brown came in. So. And then you got Gronk. So yeah, yeah, Gronk. And they, yeah, and then they've got Gronk and O.J. Howard to back him up. So, yeah, yeah they've got a it's, – it's, it's insane. But if the offensive line doesn't show up for our team, none of anything I've mentioned is going to matter because they're going to absolutely yeah. destroy us on the offensive line if we don't find a way to block them. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. So let's move on. Now that we've got the, the probably the worst thing out of the way, let's move on to bigger and brighter things. The Georgia Bulldogs starting off 2-0. and We're going to recap the first two games just a little bit. Um, we know that, you know, of course, one happened two weeks ago. Um, one we're, we're damn near a week out from. So um, let's talk about UGA versus Clemson real quick. A uh, very boring game unless you love defense like myself. Um, they dominate Clemson's offense in a 10-3 fight. Held Clemson to two yards rushing and 180 yards total. Um, 
absolutely monster performance by the defense. How are you feeling about the dogs after week one? Um, fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Our defense after week one, well, I'm going to go ahead and say they haven't allowed a – the defense hasn't allowed a touchdown yet in the two weeks. I know we're, we're talking about week one. I know the past two weeks they haven't – they haven't allowed a touchdown yet. Nope. Like, and they're not even healthy. No, I know. The defense isn't even 100%. Yeah. Like, dear God, when everybody comes back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, they, they looked incredible against Clemson. I mean, and, and look, Clemson could be as bad as the next guy. Don't get me wrong. I, Clemson could be just a bad team this year. But it doesn't matter. They're still Clemson. They're, yeah. That's still DJ. Oh, I, God, I can't say it. Look at lo- Ugalalele, ugalalele. I don't know. Anyways, we know what we're talking about. DJ ukulele. DJ ukulele. Um, (laughs) he he is still a good quarterback. He played last year. He was a Heisman front runner. Yes, exactly. So that dude is a good quarterback. The 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 players he's surrounded by are still very good. We absolutely have an incredible defense. This might be the best defense Georgia's ever had, and that includes. I'm talking about uh, back when we had old uh, what's his name at linebacker that dude, um, not Alec Ogletree. Years before, a couple, few years before that, um, Rennie Curran. Rennie Curran, yeah, that defense. Uh, we got so many linebackers. I know, I know, I know. Um, that Sugar Bowl defense, that Sugar Bowl defense was nasty. Was nasty, yes. Um, apparently, we're linebacker you, so makes sense. Um, <laughs> but the defense, good. like two yeah. picks. Two pick sixes in two games. Yep. Little DJ ukulele. Yep. And sacked him seven times. Yep. Yep. And seven and times. So a little bit of transition here. We had some worries about the offense coming out of game one. Yep. Game two rolls around. Got even more bad news. JT Daniels is going to be out. So we got to play Stetson Bennett or Carson Beck. There was a lot of debate about that. Stetson Bennett comes in. And Carson Beck played a little bit. And Setsman, it lights it up against UAB. Dude. Destroyed UAB 56 to 7. Held UAB to 47 passing. They could they couldn't pass their way over the 50 yard line. That's insane. UAB has won their conference three years in a row. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're not bad. They're, That's a, they're good, a team. good team. Yeah. I mean, we were we had Jake Gaines came from UAB. And he was, yeah. he was a really good linebacker when he was here. So, it, it, that was a massive game. And it, and it answered a lot of questions about the offense. Um, Brock Bowers coming in oh. with, a, with a big play. We're going to get Bro. to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, I've, I've got a little bit of segment dedicated to him on his own. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, dogs, the dogs lit it up against UAB. Um, they're an absolute offensive nightmare, like we talked about. Total defense, and they're not even healthy. I know, I know. Total defense, points allowed, yards per game, dogs rank first. Yards per play, dogs rank second. And like you touched on earlier, no touchdowns allowed yet this year. Um, the seven that was done by UAB, if you didn't know, was uh, I believe that was defense, right? I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't actually get to watch that game. With the uh, – I don't know if you saw their their turnover dragon chain they have. 
No. And they brought <laughs> it out. How bad was the score at the time? Bro, they were down 56 to nothing. Dude got the pig six. Put like the little dragon. He's got like big ass like dragon skull on it. He just he's just standing there on the bench like, like looking at the crowd. A blank face. Listen, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that was. But if you listen to this podcast, I just want you to know this message is meant for you. Listen. If you are playing for like Presbyterian College, you can celebrate when you pick six on UGA because you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> when you play for UAB, who just won their conference three times in a row, you're not supposed to celebrate when you pick six the ball down 56 to nothing. I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing that an is, NFL team. Don't be celebrating. You didn't do that. That has happened twice in two weeks. Miami did it against Alabama. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw the one. I was like, I was watching it. And I was like, did they just, did they just put the, did they just put the chain out? And then they had to take it off because it got overturned. That was the best. That was the best. It couldn't have been in. Like fuck, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, a, a great set of two games that we've seen so far. Um, uh, there's apparently a little bit of a QB dilemma though this week coming in because Stetson Bennett has a minor back injury, but I've heard that he has not missed any practice practice reps. So what do you think about this QB dilemma? Who do you think is going to start? I think it's going to be JT. Hmm. Hot take. <laughs> you think he's, you don't think he's hurt? I, no. So I, I believe he was hurt, but. Well, yeah, I mean, I know he was hurt, but I'm saying you don't think he's still hurt. No, I think. Obviously, he was hurt going to the UAB game. Yeah. I, but I think they let him sit that game. Because, I mean, look at that game. He was fully dressed. That's true. He was. He so, was ready to play. So, I think they they just had him rest because that was a game where you can get people's feet wet. You can get people out there that, you know, that need to get reps, you know. And I think that was a game to rest him and get him back healthy. Do I think we're going to need a JT Daniels to beat South Carolina? No. Will it help? Yeah. But my biggest thing is I've been hearing a bunch of bunch of stuff about Carson, about Carson Beck and how he was um wasn't too happy that he didn't get the start position over Stetson in this game and was like flaunting all week, like I'm about to be the starter, like this is my team, this and that. And Kirby got wind of that and was like, Yeah, no, fuck you, you're sitting. Wow. Yeah. And so you were you said you heard that or you were like like, you know I, I've heard that from other, like, podcasts that, that I've listened to. This Carson is kind of, like, flaunting his shit. Like, you know, I'm about to be the starter. This is my mm. team, blah, blah, blah. And Kirby was like, yeah, no. I mean, old mailman came out and did his thing, tied the touchdown yeah, record for Georgia in the first half with in five. The first half. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, mailman, uh, you could say he delivered. <laughs> <laughs> But no, all these people that come up like, oh, there's a QB controversy in Georgia. No, it's it's JT's team still. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's JT's team. Yeah. Until yeah. he until he loot until he loses because he is five and zero as the starter right now at Georgia. The four games he started last year and then the Clemson game. Yeah. Did he look Did he look good against Clemson? No, but that Clemson defense is a good team. Yeah, well, there and there was a lot of play calling issues. I Yes. Uh, we I mean, saw. It was, first, it was the first game of the year. Yeah. Sorry, sorry we're not like Auburn, who plays fucking Akron, who has a <laughs> game of the year, 
gloats about fucking scoring 62 points on them. Like, good job. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw the offense open up week two. Um, yeah. We saw them really yeah. take control and really and really show up. So, the only thing that I have with this QB dilemma, per se, is just that you don't want to get too carried away with it because you start to lose that consistency between the QB and the rest of the offense. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you're playing the guy – who you think is going to get us the win? Then I mean that's all that matters. Man, I, I think I think JT will get the start. Yeah. Um. So moving in, talking about some some players that have been have been showing up. Starting off with the man of the week, Brock Bowers. His sec, he hit the second highest speed of all ball carriers in week two. A freshman what, tight end. What a tight end! What a guy! <laughs> Call him Usain Bowers. Okay, he <laughs> has to be heavily featured throughout the rest of the year. Has, has to. to be. Um, and he was our third string tight end coming into this season. Oh yeah, I know. Well, and I don't, I don't, I didn't hear about him really coming into the season at all. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, but he, I mean, he he's proven proven himself now, and I I didn't. I didn't um, I didn't know about him before, but I've read up on it. I watched some highlights after that first or after that second game. Um, I have a feeling because of this guy's talent and just and what he looks like, what I mean, what he can do with that size. I mean, he's six four, two thirty, and he just got the second highest ball carrier speed in week two. So as a true freshman. As a true freshman, I mean, he's not even like I think a lot of people understand this. Like when you go to college, you that that first year or so, you don't quite ha- have hit. You haven't quite hit the weight room enough to yeah. really make a huge difference on your body. But in those next two years, or that next year, two years, you're gonna see him get bigger. He's gonna go from six four two thirty to six four two forty five. But he's nothing but pure muscle. Yeah, I mean and he's good. Nine receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. And he yeah. made – like most of that came on that UAB game, but that yep. game, he made a lot of clutch catches that yep. were needed to be made. Yep. Yeah, I think after seeing his highlights and seeing and seeing what he did against Clemson and seeing especially what he did against UAB, coming off a hot week, I'm, my hot take is that he, he might be the best tight end to ever play at Georgia by the end of his career. Um, because I mean, look at what he's doing as a freshman. It's going to give him four years possibly to just absolutely demolish any of the tight end records that we have. Yeah. So no, I mean, that's def- that's definitely a, a hot take. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see hope. I'm hoping that's what happens. Cause I, I really like him. Um, and he, he, he's got the, the, the tangibles to be one of the best tight ends. So when, do you think when Darnell Washington is healthy, he takes back over his his uh, tight end one spot. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think I think Brock comes in as tight end two. Oh and yeah. We really start to see uh, a utilization of a two tight end receiving set as opposed to a two tight end running set all the time. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, again, that goes to play calling. They're gonna have to call the right plays to get these guys involved. Which I mean, if you if you watch the UAB game, Munkin was scheming dudes wide. Dudes were wide open. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and dudes were 
the defenders were still in their bag pedal as the receivers like five yards past them. Like they yep. weren't even like, break. Yeah, like yep. This receiver core, once they get healthy, like yeah, Arian Smith. Yep. Here's Jackson. Hey, hey, speaking of Arian Smith, Blaylock, um, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. So speaking <laughs> of all those guys that are actually gonna come back, that was my next thing. Um, Arian Smith is actually expected to return this week, but he was limited. Um, and Blaylock and Jackson are expected to return soon. Blaylock is expected to return sooner. So. Jackson, Jackson is expected to be back this game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, dang. Everything I had heard said Blaylock was supposed to be back sooner. Well, that's good. And Bla- Blaylock might be back next week then. I'd love um, for Blaylock to return. Let me. Because I, um, I mean, it would be nice to get Blaylock. I mean, um, who did you say it might be coming back this week? Jackson. Yeah, so if we get if we get uh, you know Jackson back for the South Carolina game, um, and then roll right into Vanderbilt with with um, with uh, uh, Blaylock getting healthy. Um, so before we move on to our last few subjects um, of of the pop, well, last few team subjects, um, actually want to want to shout out Jake Kamarda and Jack uh, uh, Podlesny. Uh, the punter and the kicker, man. Uh, no, fuck Todd Lesney. Dude's sucking ass this year. No, come on. Dude can't hit a field goal to save his damn life this year. Oh, that's right. He did. He was. He did miss a couple field goals, didn't he? He's missed like three already this year. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah, about fuck that. Kamara's yeah, killing it. Kamara's killing it. Yeah, Kamara's <laughs> killing it. Though. I don't know why I was thinking Pod Lesney was. I forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot about him missing them, them three field goals. That was bad. Um, yeah, so, but Kamara has been doing really well and helping the defense out, putting us in better field position. Um, yeah. And then I think he's part of the reason why the defense has been able to play as well. Um, but anyways, um, getting on to the matchup preview, South Carolina, UGA is a minus 31 favorite, dude. That is insane. I mean, the UGA versus USC game used to, tended to be like the first game of the year and was always awesome. And now it's uh, yeah, not not a very good matchup anymore. Um, well, USC, I mean, go ahead. Uh, UAB was less of an underdog than South Carolina is. UAB was only like a twenty-four point underdog. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this is it's not good. Um, USC struggled to get the passing game going the last two games. Um, but they have a grad. Uh, they have a graduate assistant. Yeah, that quarterback. Yeah, so don't really have a passing game going for them right now. Um, they they have a running back by committee, but uh, they are heavily reliant on the running back by committee for sure. Um, eight different players got at least one carry both weeks. So week one, when they played Eastern Illinois University, didn't even know that existed, 46 to nothing, okay, right. so – Big blowout game. They still only ran the ball 22 times. Still only ran the ball 22 times. In week two, though, when they played ECU, who they barely beat 20 to 17. Or no, I'm sorry. I think they lost to 20 to 17. Or did they win? I can't remember. Anyways, who they won 20 to 17. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they won. They had 47 rushing attempts. So Clearly, they want to rely on the run when they're playing someone who is any bit decent. So, I would assume they're going to heavily run the ball against Georgia, which is not going to be good for them. 
Um, but outside of that, they got a good D line led by Pickens and Sterling. Um, they've accounted for the majority of the team tackles over the last two weeks, but outside of that, they're a bad team. It's going to be probably a blowout. Um, yeah, I don't see them scoring on this defense. I see another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This might be another, like, I, I'm going to call it. Um, okay. So let's actually, now that we're at the end of this, um, I'll give you my quick keys of the game. Uh, slow the D line down. Got to run outside, tire out that interior, then hit them in the middle when it's soft and then play action from there. Uh, turnover is going to be big. Force Nolan to make quick decisions. Force in the pass, first off. Um, but rush the pass or force fumbles and interceptions. Um, and I want to get James Cook involved this this week. Get him outside. Use him on the outside to get to get the, the interior open. Um, so so now that we, we've finished Georgia, what's your prediction for Atlanta and Buccaneers? What are you, what are you thinking? That's going to be a bloodbath. I know both of them are. Uh, <coughs> let's go like 35-7, Tampa Bay. Woo, they ain't giving nothing. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm thinking 30, 30, 34, I'm going to say 34-14. Um, I, think, I think we get it together a little bit on offense, but it's not very good. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm going to say 44-14. Oh, yeah, hey, there's yours. Good. Um, so – yeah, I, I, it's not going to be a good game for the Falcons. Now, flipping no. that over to Georgia, what do you think the score is going to be to that one? Um, 42 nothing. Oh, God. Yeah, I think it's going to be a shutout. I don't think yeah. that Carolina defense is going to be able to to stop Georgia. They're going to open it up. They're going to spread it out. It's it's going to be another bloodbath. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking um, 52 nothing. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think they really open it. But I think the only thing they have going for them is that interior defensive line. And we're, and if we're smart, we're just going to run outside, throw it deep all day, and and it's, it should be a blowout. I mean, it really should be. Um, I may be giving them a little too much, same fifty-two, but um, let, let Zeus loose. Yeah, let Zeus loose for sure, bro. My goodness. Um, so finishing up with just a couple more teams. Uh, I'm going to talk real quick about Georgia Tech because they just got – I mean, I'm sorry. They're in a rebuilding phase, so they got really nothing going for them. They're in a rebuilding phase every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but they're in more of a rebuilding phase than they ever have been. I mean, they're explicitly rebuilding the entire offense. Um, even the defense is being rebuilt. Um, I mean, it's a whole different team now. Jeff Collins, who actually my dad um, actually knows him. Um, yeah, so he he's a good guy. and. Um, I've kind of followed his coaching career, obviously, because my dad knows him, and he yeah. has done a lot of good. So they've got a good coach um, at the helm, and uh, they they had a bad start, lost to Northern Illinois, 22 to twenty one, um, but they they got down early and they actually fought pretty hard, um, even um, even even after getting down. Um, Stiff arm. By who? By I didn't. Actually, no, I didn't even watch the game. Honestly. Bro, it was week two. I don't know who they were playing, but Tech recovered a fumble and stiff from the dude. The dude's like a somersault when he stiff from. Oh, him. Um, week two would have been Kennesaw State. Yeah, he like stiff from the dude from Kennesaw State, and he did. He like somersault. Oh my god! Oh my god! So yeah, Kennesaw State. Um, yeah, they 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 did come back and they beat them forty five seventeen. 
Um, um, and actually a really good showing against the, I mean, it is Kennesaw state. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, a world beater of a team, but Yates showed up the quarterback 74% completion rating, 254 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. So, um, so again, we'll see what happens, but, um, they have Clemson this coming up week. Um, this is an interesting game to me because of how Clemson played against Georgia. And now I know Georgia Tech's not the same as Georgia, but Clemson's coming off that tough loss to Georgia. I'm not saying that Georgia Tech might upset them or anything. I mean, it's possible, I think. But I think Georgia Tech really has an opportunity to kind of set the standard at the school by even keeping this a close game. I mean, even if they lose by less than 30, I think they've that, – that's, that's a win. <laughs> Hey, moral victory. Yeah, moral victories for them this year for sure. Sorry, Tech fans. Um, I'm, I'm not. I Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Georgia Tech hater. I've got family that's um, actually graduated from Georgia Tech. Um, so I'm not a huge Georgia Tech hater, uh, but I am a big Georgia fan. So not really upset about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate them. Yeah. Uh, if, if they keep it close, would be an astronomical improvement over the last three weeks. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. Um, talking about the Braves next. I know you're not a Braves fan. This guy, he's Atlanta, everything, Georgia, everything, except for the Braves. So uh, before, before we start this, um, Brandon Phillips, um, just tell me how you want your $50. Do you want Venmo, Cash App, PayPal? Brandon uh, Phillips. What? So, um, <laughs> I bet a guy at the beginning of the season, 50 bucks at the Cubs would have a better season than the Braves. <laughs> and the Cubs decided to trade everybody away. So, uh, yeah. Oh, no. That's tragic, bro. Yeah. So, but no, well, I, mean, I, still like, I still like the Braves. I still follow the Braves. I still really yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, tough tough beat for, for Cubs fans. And, and I mean – and I feel for you, honestly, because, like, I mean, I have no opposition to the Cubs whatsoever. I actually played for the Cubs when I was in Little League, so. Um, yeah, everybody I, did. That's yeah. how I became a Cubs fan. <laughs> that was my first yeah, team. That's what you told me, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I feel for you, though, because especially, like, because they they won the World Series, especially after so many years. You know, that was the team that, that won the World Series for you. And, and now that, to kind of see them all have to get sold away and go to other teams. Is, it is, yeah, it's a, little, it's a little heartbreaking for sure. I could absolutely see that. So, um, yeah, so uh, I, I feel bad for you, man. But, hey, I mean, I lost Ronald Acuna Jr. with 24 home runs, uh, what, like two months in the season? So, But did that affect the bre- – no, it affected nothing. I mean, it did, but – Alex Anthopoulos is just really, really, really good at making deals. And also, we have a lot of caps. Yeah, you got Jock. Yeah. Yeah, and we got Jock. We, hey, we appreciate that. He's been amazing <laughs> since he showed up. Um, so, it, the Braves, uh, again, we're just going to breeze through them pretty quickly. Uh, finished three-game series with the Rockies recently, although they didn't technically get to finish it because their game tonight actually got postponed. Well, today got postponed. Um, game one, Braves lost five to four. Tukey was starting pitcher, didn't pitch great. Um, four inning pitch, five hits, four and runs, three walks. So uh, Tukey's been kind of Tukey's Tukey's been a good starter so far this he's year. Been but up not, and down. Yeah, he's been a bit up and down constantly. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, this was not. This was a, a down one for him for sure. Um, going into game two, Braves lose three to two in a rain-soaked second game. Um, you, uh, Enoa got the nod. Uh, pitched really well up until his final inning, which was the fifth. Uh, he had four point two innings pitched, so he got through his two outs. And just the third out was so much trouble for him. I think he loaded the bases. Yeah, um, yeah he did because. Did he walk in a run or was that the right? I can't remember. But he, I'm almost positive he loaded the bases. Um, I don't know. Four. The Cubs won last night, or the Cubs lost last night off a wild pitch. So, I mean. Oh, damn. And then, and then today they scored seven runs in the third inning, and now they're losing like 15 to seven. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not good so against the Phillies too so you're welcome oh no what are you guys <laughs> doing that's bad too because actually we only have a three game lead so this is gonna be a two and a half game lead coming into coming into the Giants we got to play the Giants for three games in San Francisco the best team in in right now. well well the Dodgers technically have a better record no Oh, that's right. That's right. They do lead the Dodgers. That's right. Dude, they, the, Dodgers and, the Dodgers and the Giants are the only two teams to clinch a playoff spot already. Yep. Yep. So, um, anyway, so so back to game two. Uh, Soler, <laughs> so, Jorge Soler, Solar Power, continues his 12-game hitting streak um, as of last night. Um, and the infield, this is crazy. Now, I don't know if you knew about this. The infield is continuing to hit the ball out of the park. This is the second infield in MLB history to have all starting infielders hit at least 25 home runs. Who Albies. Albies. Albies, yeah. Yeah. So Albies has 28, Freeman has 30, Riley has 29, and Dansby has 26. So we potentially Dansby needs to get a little hot, but we could potentially see the first infield to ever hit 30 home runs in a season per, per infielder. Um, That'd be it's, crazy. Yeah. It's never been done before. So yeah, it would be, it would be great. It would be incredible. And it would be a perfect year to do it because it would be the year that we missed our best home run hitter um, that we've got. But will the Braves end up braving in the playoffs? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. We don't have, <laughs> we don't have the pitching. We don't have consistent enough pitching. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, the infield looks good, and, and that's just what we do over here in Georgia. We we have a lot of good teams that break a lot of records and do a lot of cool shit, but they don't win a lot of things. Dude, <laughs> I thought that I thought that curse was over in sixteen. Oh, yes. when when Atlanta United won the World Cup. Yeah, well, the hey, yeah. you know, you know who knew for a fact that the curse wasn't done yet? This guy. <laughs> Because you can't just come in here and win a title two years into your – or three years in whatever it was to your to your creation and think, oh, well, I've your cured – I've cured, <laughs> I've cured 50 years of of, of um, heartbreak and, and loss and, and all that. No. You think you no, can just sorry. fucking come in here and – You think you just come in here and just make it okay? No, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, speaking of, uh, of Atlanta United um, – <laughs> they um they've actually been playing pretty well recently. We talked about this before the, po- before the podcast. Um, they beat Cincinnati uh four nothing, and then they beat or I'm sorry, they beat Orlando City three nothing. Then they beat Cincinnati um two nights ago four nothing. They've won. 
Yeah. They've won six of their last seven, and they have now moved up one spot from number eight to number seven. Um, or I'm sorry, they've moved up two, three spots, right? They were number – oh, yeah. no, no. Yeah, three spots. They were number 10 last time I checked. So three spots from number 10 to number seven. Um, Ezekiel Barco looking great two goals over the last two games. Joseph Martinez looks great two goals against Cincinnati. Martinez is doing king shit. Just king shit, bro. Just running the table. Um, he is a he is a great player. Probably, um, he'll I guess he'll probably be the best Atlanta United player for I mean for the foreseeable future. I mean, probably for some 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 time. I don't probably think anybody's. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be tough to come in and do what he's done for the city. Yeah. Um, because because the thing is, is like. You didn't. He didn't just come in and play well. He came in and won a title. Um, yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be huge for him. Yeah. Um, so on top of his two goals though during Cincy, I don't know if you knew this. He that was his hundredth career MLS match, yeah. and that was also his eighty fourth and eighty fifth goal of his career. So he's very very close to a hundred goals in his hundredth career season. Doubt okay. we'll see it this season, um, but. We got 10 matches left for Atlanta United. Uh, next match, Saturday, September 18th versus D.C. United. So big, big weekend coming up for Atlanta sports. Um, that sometimes can be amazing and sometimes can be heartbreaking. So, Do we throw the Bulldogs into the Atlanta sports conversations or do – Oh yeah, for sure. I never, th- I've never like, understood that because they were talking about like Atlanta sports, and then they throw the Bulldogs in. I'm like, well, the Bulldogs don't play in Atlanta. Well, that's why. That's why I. That's why this is Georgia because I was like, we're gonna <laughs> talk about Georgia. We're gonna talk about Georgia Tech a little bit. And I mean, when it comes time, we'll talk about Georgia Southern and Georgia State and, and those other teams that have that the Savannah have, Bananas. Yeah, the Savannah Bananas, which actually. That is a really cool – if you get a chance, I think there's a 30 for 30 on the Savannah Bananas. Yeah, yeah they, they do a really cool 30 for 30. They have a lot of fun at that stadium. If you they live just in won Savannah, the championship. They yeah. won the championship last year. Yeah, and so if you live in – if you live in or around the Savannah area, I highly recommend going to one of their games. Apparently, they do a lot of fun shit yeah. with, with the players too. Like, players come out and dance and do all kinds of other crazy crap. Dude, they're stuff. the player wearing stilts hitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so – so very cool atmosphere down there in Savannah. Um, I'm not sure how long this podcast ran, um, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's been within 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but either way, that's that's really it. That's all we've got for this week on uh, on Georgia sports, and uh, we'll be coming back every Tuesday to recap basically the weekend. And then, uh, well, the episode will, yeah, the episode will be uploaded Tuesday. We'll record Monday night. Um, and then we also will be recording like tonight on Thursday night and we'll be releasing it on Friday morning, probably. Um, so, or Friday afternoonish, depending on what I can make happen. So, um, but yeah, that'll be it. And then, and again, Thursdays will be kind of previewing the weekend ahead. And so there won't be as much, um, in, in a normal podcast, this was a bit of a longer one because we kind of wanted to recap the beginning of football season um, and talk about kind of what we got coming up. So this one run ran a little long, but from here on, it'll be it'll be about thirty minutes or so, hopefully. But um, other than that, guys, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Later.